it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Maddie. What is up, guys? It is Tristan here, back for episode 80 of the Grounds Crew podcast. Today is Thursday, January 24th. I hope you guys had a good weekend. Everything's going good this week. For me, it was brick up here in New York. So I kind of just spent the weekend hanging out, watching some Netflix, watching that Fire Festival documentary. If you guys saw that, you know how crazy it is, how hilarious it is, everything that happened. Just guy was out of his mind. But, you know, it was entertaining. It was a good documentary. You guys should all go check that out. So today we got a little behind the brand stuff going on just a little bit that i want to fill you guys in on and of course the 2019 hall of fame class came out the other day so we got to talk about that and a couple other small things that went on around the league so let's get right into it i know i know you guys want to hear what's going on so for today's behind the brand some of you might have seen that we were doing a giveaway with the brand iconic iconic is a canvas art company they do a ton of cool pictures a ton of cool posters that uh pieces of art that you could get for your place for your room whatever Really cool stuff. I know Josh has a piece of their art in his apartment. We were doing a giveaway with their baseball canvas. You're only as good as your last at bat. We actually announced the winner yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was. So that's over. But if you guys didn't win, we have a 20% off code, BL20. You go to their website, you put that code in, you get a 20% off whatever you order. They got some really cool stuff. You guys should check that out. I know I want to try and get some of that for my, my room. So, take a look at that stuff. It's pretty cool. Now, like I said, we got plenty of news from around the show to talk about. Most notably, the 2019 Hall of Fame class was announced on Tuesday, and Mariana Rivera led the charge. She's the first unanimous election to the Hall. The previous high was Griffey in 2016 with 99.3% of the vote. You know, some voters like to dis, uh, differentiate between what a first ballot Hall of Famer is and just a Hall of Famer in general, so they won't vote for him, or they'll withhold the votes just because they don't want a voter to get in with 100% of the vote, just because they believe nobody should have 100% of the vote, it should be unanimously getting it. I mean, not even Babe Ruth got in with 100%, Ty Cobb didn't get in with 100%, Ted Williams was missing 20 votes, Jackie Robinson was missing 36 votes. It's crazy. I mean, these guys that we think of are of the Mount Rushmore of baseball don't have 100% of the votes. It's great to see Mariano get in unanimously. It maybe breaks the mold, changes the idea of the writers who are voting on it. Who knows? Derek Jeter is on the ballot next year, so maybe we'll see 100% again because I know Griffey should have got 100%. Mariano definitely deserves to get 100%, and Derek Jeter should deserve to get 100% of the vote. But Mariano, nonetheless, he was a no-brainer, easily the best closer of all time. He collected a record 652 saves over a 19-year career. Rivera was just consistently dominant throughout his career. Most of his notable uh, moments came in the playoffs. He was a big part of five World Series championships with the Yankees. He finished his career with an 8-1 record in the postseason to go along with a .7 ERA and 42 saves over 96 appearances. 
14 of those were two inning saves. That's insane. You could just go to this guy whenever he was reliable. And there's always that saying, more people have walked the moon than scored a Mariano Rivera in the playoffs. The Sandman was also a 13-time All-Star, a five-time Rollies Relief Award winner, and a World Series MVP. All this after initially struggling to get into the big leagues. The Yankees weren't sure whether he was going to be a starter or a lever or a closer. And he kind of struggled just getting into the big leagues in general. So the Yankees almost lost him with the Rule 6 draft. It ended up being the Colorado Rockies who took another player. So the Marlins, who were interested in Mariano, couldn't take him. So imagine how different things would be if Mar uh, the Marlins jumped on that and took Mariano, you know. He could have never been the player that he was. He developed with the Yankees. That cutter was just disgusting. You knew it was coming, and you still couldn't hit it. He sawed off bats all over the place. I will never forget being able to watch Mariano Rivera. He's a big part of New York baseball. He's a big part of the team that I watched growing up, and I'm so glad to see him go into the hall, especially because I wasn't sure how the voters would vote for him. I, I knew that he would get in. And I thought he should have been a first ballot Hall of Fame. I mean, he was definitely deserving of it. But voters have been kind of weird with relief pitchers in the past, saying that they aren't as valuable. I mean, if you look at what happened with Trevor Hoffman, who did hold the record for most saves before Mariano Rivera, so he could be considered one of the greatest closers of all time as well. He sat on the ballot for a good couple of years before entering the Hall of Fame. And an argument could be made that he deserved it much sooner, but... They withheld their votes, and he didn't get in until a couple of years had passed. So, to see Mariano get 100% of the vote means that the voters kind of acknowledged what kind of player he was, how important he was to the game. He was just that. He deserves it, and I'm happy to see it. Edgar Martinez was also finally admitted to the Hall in his 10th and final year on the ballot. The longtime Mariner had been gaining up tr ground each year, and he finally got that 75% of the vote. He actually got more with 84.3% of the vote, so he passed with the flying colors. Martinez was one of the game's best designated hitters. He was one of only six players to retire with a 300 average, a 400 on base percentage, and a 500 slugging percentage. He won two batting titles during his 18-year career, and he hit 309 home runs. This is a big moment for just the Seattle Mariners in general. Edgar, he's beloved in that city. He played in a time where they had a ton of talent. Uh, Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey, Alex Rodriguez, all those guys playing together. But Edgar was the only one to stick with the team in the long term. He played his entire 18-year career with the Mariners. I know it just means a lot to that city. Glad to see him get the acknowledgement that he really deserves. I mean, he'd been, been getting endorsements from... A number of pitchers in the big leagues who are in the Hall of Fame, I think Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez both endorsed him, both said that he was one of the best hitters that they ever faced. So, glad to see the Hall finally uh, decided to vote him in. The late Roy Halladay also garnered plenty of support from the voters in his first year on the ballot. Doc finished his career with 203 career wins, 105 losses, and a 3.38 ERA over 16 seasons with the Blue Jays and the Phillies. Halliday was one of the league's finest pitchers. He won the Cy Young Award twice in each league, and he finished as the runner-up also twice. He threw a perfect game, as well as a no-hitter in the 2010 uh, National League Division Series. 
Halliday was also considered to be a workhorse. He tossed 61 complete games during his peak years of 2003 to 2011. And to put that into perspective, guys, it's 30 more than the next guy, CC Sabathia. So CC Sabathia, uh, Sabathia tossed 31 complete games during those years. Roy Halliday was the best, 61. And this guy would just go to go the distance all the time, just as a testament to how durable he was and how fine of a pitcher he was. With him being a longtime Blue Jay in that AL East, I saw plenty of him. I saw I was always scared to see that red beard come to town and face the Yankees because I knew he was always going to give them a hard time. You know, like I said, he could go the distance, he could shut you down. Just not a good time for your team. And when you're seeing a lot of them, it's even less fun. Halliday's wife is electing to have his plaque feature a blank cap as a sign of uh, respect to both franchises that he played with. She said it was an easy decision for her because both franchises meant so much to him. I think that's really cool. I, I know he only played four seasons with the Phillies, but they were a good four years. I mean, he won a Cy Young with them. He had some of his best moments, and he went to the playoffs almost more times than he did with uh, Toronto, maybe even more. Now, last but not least, Mike Mussino was also voted into the Hall in his sixth year on the ballot. Moose spent his entire career in the AL East. Played 18 seasons with the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Yankees. It's been pretty heavily debated on whether or not Mussina deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, but when you actually take a look at his stats and compare them to what other players, other other starting pitchers in the Hall of Fame were, he kind of ranks in the middle of all these Hall of Fame pitchers in most pitching categories. So that's all a Famer to me. I mean, if he's better than most, like a good chunk of the guys that are in there, why not have him in? I think you also have to take it into account what kind of, what era of baseball that Mussina played in. I mean, he played his entire career in the steroid era when guys were just mashing balls. Offensive statistics were through the roof. And Mussina just continued to pitch well. He, I mean, his numbers are great. So just to give you some of the highlights, Mussina won 270 games during his career. He struck out 2,813 batters. He was a five-time All-Star, and he won seven gold gloves. So... To me, Mike Mussina definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if it even should have taken as long as it did. He still isn't sure what team he wants to have on his plaque, the Baltimore Orioles or the New York Yankees. He played the beginning of his career, the first 10 seasons with the Orioles, and then finished up his career with the Yankees the last eight seasons. So he kind of was pretty split. He pitched 39 more games with the Orioles, and you could say like he played his prime years with the Orioles, but he played in a lot of big, uh, had a lot of big moments with the Yankees. I know he had... There was always that one game with the Red Sox. He almost had the no-hitter. I think it was David Ortiz that broke it up in the ninth inning. But to me, all these guys deserved it. I don't have an issue with it, any one of them. Uh, I don't have a problem with Roy Halladay getting in on the first time. I don't think it matters. He's a Hall of Famer. Should be in. It doesn't matter when he gets voted in. And it's cool to see these guys that I grew up watching achieve baseball immortality. I mean, I didn't really get to watch a lot of Edgar, but... Mariano, one of my heroes growing up. Roy Halladay, I saw a ton of him. And Mike Mussina, watched him a lot with the Yankees. So it's cool to see that it's kind of not the guys that I learned about. It's the guys that I actually watched now. Cool stuff. I think it's also important to note where Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds stood in this year's results. They, t- they continued their tedious climb to the hall, but we saw them receive smaller bumps than in years past. I mean, Clemens, he achieved just 59.5% of the vote, and Bonds received 59.1% of the vote. This is just about three points 
three percentage points higher than year last year for both of them. They kind of stick around the same uh, amount of votes. After both coming onto the ballot with uh, 35% a couple years ago, they've made large gains, but they're still a while away from that 75% mark. And both players have only three years remaining. So if they continue at the pace that they're uh, going at, they're not going to get in. I mean, you get 10 years on the ballot. It's getting towards that three years left. If they can jump 15 or 16%, then they got it, but they've only been jumping about three percentage points or less each year. They don't get in on that, then they go to that electoral committee of 16 voters, that whole weird thing that I don't really understand. See, listen, I know everybody has an opinion on this. Uh, it's either you think they shouldn't be in because they're cheaters, or you think they should be in because of what they did for the game. They're two of baseball's biggest names, then they have achieved more than most people. To me, I think they should both be in. I mean, these guys, even before doing performance-enhancing drugs, they're on pace to do some amazing things that other guys just couldn't do. And if the rest of the game was changing, other guys who were doing these performance-enhancing drugs, they were just hopping onto the train. I might not have been the best decision, but regardless, I think they were just going to do great things through the game. I think they would have been Hall of Famers. I mean, if you look at what Barry Bonds was doing, what Roger Clemens were doing, before you can say that they were doing performance in Andrew Rogue, these guys were two of the best of the game. So, I think if they hold all these records, they should be in. They're just a huge part of baseball history, and that's what the Baseball Hall of Fame is. It's history. It keeps track of the game's best and most notable history. So we'll see if they could do it, but it's not looking likely. you got three years. Got plenty of big names coming onto the ballot over those next couple of years. Derek Jeter is probably the most notable. A-Rod's coming back. And I know A-Rod wants to see Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get in because, you know, it means better things for him. A-Rod has done more to repair his uh, image than those guys. But, you know, what is that to the voters? So, we'll see. Three years. Speaking of all of famers the Mariners have reportedly agreed to a minor league deal with Ichiro Suzuki. It's just a one-year deal, $750,000. That's nothing to Ichiro. He's just earned so much over the career where it doesn't even matter to him anymore. Uh, he's played, He played in just 15 games last season with the team before joining the front office over there as a special consultant. Ichiro, he may not have much left in the tank, but he's been being given an opportunity to make the major league roster, and the big part of that is if he does make the roster, the Mariners are opening the, opening the 2019 season in his home country of Japan. They're playing a two-game series against the Athletics in March 20th and 21st, I believe. So I think they are going to want him to get on the roster just so he could get there, play a couple games there, just play in front of his home country crowd. It would be a cool way to go out. I don't know if he's going to play the whole season. Uh, obviously, last season it didn't work out, but I think that he wants to do that. I think he wants to see what he has left because Ichiro works, man. Regardless, he's achieved just so much in Major League Baseball. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. We got a couple other moves to cover. The Yankees continued to stockpile bullpen arms with Adam Otavino. They agreed to a three-year, $27 million deal. Odovino was one of baseball's best setup men last season. He pitched to a 2.43 ERA. 
He struck out 112 over 77 innings. He's known for his great control over his two-seamer and slider, and that adds to a bullpen that already features just a ton of arms. You got Aroldis Chapman, you got Dylan Batances, Zach Britton, who just re-signed, Chad Green, among others. I mean, they lost David Robertson, but nonetheless, you add Odovino, who had a great year last year. You retain Britton, who kind of had a down year, but really started to pitch better at the, towards the end of the season. So if he comes back, that's an improvement on the bullpen itself then you might have one of the game's greatest bullpens of all time. I mean, you could have said that last year. They had a ton of great arms last year. But this year, it's just as good, if not better. I mean, you get to the bullpen, your starters only need to go so much. That back end of the bullpen, it's dangerous. The thing that makes the signing all the more interesting is Odovino stating that he would strike out Babe Ruth every time last year. So, for the hardcore Yankee fans, they might not be happy with that, but, you know, it's just a funny little thing. I mean, now you're playing for the franchise who featured Babe Ruth. So, he already apologized, saying it was just messing around, whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. So, who cares? The Yankees also sent Sonny Gray to Cincinnati in exchange for a prospect that was later flipped and a draft pick. Sonny Gray, I think it's a good move for both teams, Go uh, all the parties involved. Sonny Gray, just I don't, it didn't work out in New York. He was just never what was advertised you could tell just by how he spoke to reporters that he wasn't he could never really get comfortable comfortable in new york so i don't know maybe the bright lights the big crowds the screaming crowds were too much for him i mean he played his entire career in oakland he's from tennessee i believe so i don't know maybe he gets a fresh start in cincinnati he signed through three-year extension cincinnati is a uh, big baseball town but it's a little more toned down than new york so maybe it's good for him maybe he can uh, get back on track he, this is and cincinnati's getting a chance with a guy who was in the cy young conversation a couple of years ago he's got good stuff i know it didn't work out in new york i don't i know a lot of new yorkers got mad at him but he, he has good stuff it just didn't work out i think he could turn his career around he's still pretty young and for the Yankees, they're getting a young outfielder that they could possibly use as trade bait or mold into a better player that they could use in the future. They're also getting a draft pick, which is nice. You can never uh, knock a draft pick. And the last bit of news we got for you guys is Nick Markakis. He re-upped with the Braves for the 2019 season. He's coming back after an unexpected All-Star season in which he was elected to the All-Star team for the first time in his career, his long-term career. He slashed 297, 366, 440 in 2018, and he played in every single game. It's just so nice for a manager to have a guy that you know you could slot in every single day, and he's going to give you a solid performance. Markakis, he's long been an underrated player. He played with the Baltimore Orioles for a long time, and he always gave the Yankees some problems. But in Atlanta, he's been great, and he's probably one of the better, uh, one of the veteran leaders over there. He's one of the older guys in a young clubhouse. And he's not a player who really depends on speed or power, which should allow him to produce, to continue to produce as he gets older. I mean, he's 35, but he's still producing. The guy just hits, and that's what keeps you in the league. So he's an important part of that Atlanta core. I'm glad to see, for their team's sake, that they re-signed him. I think he's just gonna, they're keeping the core pieces together. They're bringing up younger guys. I think Atlanta's gonna continue to be relevant. Next year, the division maybe gets a little tougher. The Mets think they can uh, compete. The Nationals are bringing back some pieces, bringing in some pieces to replace Bryce Harper if they lose him or if they to 
supplement Bryce Harper if they bring him back. But the division's going to be a little tougher. Oh, and the Phillies. Phillies made a lot of nice moves. So NL East is going to be a bit more of a fight. But the Braves, I think they're in good shape to uh, come back and possibly repeat as the division winners. Now, that's all we got for you guys. Like I said, thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Have a nice weekend. And I will see you next week. See you guys. And that right there was the Grounds Crew. Brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle.